baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I, I wish it were yesterday again so we can just uh, relive that Saints victory. What a victory. 34 to nothing, shutting out the Patriots at home. Has Bill Belichick just totally lost it? The, the Patriots are one in four. Not good. Hey, I'm Scoot on the air. Really glad you're with us. It is a Monday, Red Beans and Rice Day. October the 9th, I just talked to uh, Kevin Cassidy, our uh, market manager uh, in the, the break room, heating up um, heating up stuff. And uh, Kevin was at the game yesterday. And, you know, this this uh, we really don't have fall. I mean, we have fall here, but we don't have the big change of fall. And I, I remember living in Philadelphia, and it was just so nice to see just uh, a dramatic change in fall. And also in, in, in Denver and uh, even in the Pacific Northwest, they have uh, fall change. But New England is just such a key spot for fall change. And the, the weather was cool. And in addition to the Saints scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring, uh, Kevin said it was just beautiful uh, being there because of the, uh, the, the leaves changing. And, you know, when I was a kid growing up and we saw fall colors, you know, the fall colors were brown and yellow and tan and, and red. I, I didn't know why. I, honestly, I didn't know why until I, I, I moved to Philadelphia and actually saw the leaves changing. And I, I, I realized, I guess as an adult, I realized where those colors came from. I mean, I guess I realized it before that, but that was the first time I actually saw it. So fall is a little different, uh, little different here. The, the leaves don't fall off the tree. They kind of have to get pushed off the off the tree. But anyway, it was a great weekend. I hope you enjoyed it. I had uh, so much going on this weekend and uh, met a bunch of our, our listeners. So uh, thanks to all of you who uh, said hi over the weekend. Went to Gretna Fest yesterday afternoon. It was uh, it was beautiful there. And then this uh, charity event, uh, Who's Got Talent, uh, Kelly Kicking Cancer Organization on the North Shore. Uh, sitting next to Billy Nungesser uh, as we were uh, judges in the in the contest, and anyway, that was a uh, that was a lot of fun. So we'll get into all of that a little bit later. But you know, again, I I love meeting all of you, and uh, I thank all of you for for saying hi. It's cool, and you know, I, I've said this so many times, and it's it's so true. You know, when I meet you, I put a face with the audience. You know, I see what you look like, and I'm I'm envisioning the faces of the people that I I met over the weekend. As, as I do the show. Uh, so let's go to uh, Ian Hoke. He's our senior producer at the controls this afternoon. Good afternoon. And to you as well. Feeling good, feeling good, feeling great. Good. Yeah. Love this weather. I mean, yeah. some, some rain, much needed rain coming on Wednesday. Oh, thank goodness. Kind of amazing that this system is going to is going into Mexico. It's a, a tropical system going into Mexico. It's going to go across Mexico, which is very mountainous. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to end up here on, on Wednesday. Yeah, we got a, a, a rainmaker. Yeah, we do. I wonder, I hope it doesn't pick up any, like, bad stuff as it goes across Mexico. Uh-oh. You don't and, mean, yeah. like, Montezuma's well, Revenge or something? Yeah, something like that in oh, the air, man. you know, just pick up a bunch of Ugh. bad stuff. Oh, make everybody sick? No, it's just going to be It'll a rainstorm. Be yeah, it's going to be uh, It's going to be nice. We I mean, I, I hope it doesn't ruin anybody's plans, but we do need the rain, so it's going to be uh, really, really nice. Well, I hope that it's not too violent of a storm, because I am flying to Colorado on Wednesday night. 
Well, and I would um, like for there not to be know, any disruptions because yeah, I, I can't miss that flight. Because yeah. if I miss the flight Wednesday night, it means I'm probably going to miss a, a funeral service on Thursday yeah. afternoon, which I don't well, want to have that happen. You know, it's you know, you hate to. I mean, I guess you know, we'd all like a good excuse to not have to go to a funeral. But the, <laughs> you know, uh, the best we, reason not to go to a funeral is for somebody to not die. But you had an aunt uh, pass, yes. pass away. Yeah, my aunt Carrie passed away. So very I'm sorry about that. But I'm, I'm you. glad you're going to uh, be there for that. Yeah, uh, I don't think the thunderstorms are going to be that bad, although the wind's going to be, uh, you know, whipping around. So mm. uh, there might be a little turbulence as you uh, take off. Okay. Yeah. Just any, you know, turbulence in my life is nothing really new. Yeah, so. I understand that. Hey, LSU. Yeah, man. Missouri. Uh, oh, 49-39. Friday on the show, I said I was kind of nervous about LSU going to Missouri. And uh, I, I'm glad they, they won. And LSU's 4-2. and two, And, they, you know, they looked really, really good. Uh Jaden Daniels is just phenomenal. And then I was concerned about the Saints because I just thought Bill Belichick was going to have this team ready to play. But not only not only did the, the, the Patriots suck, but the Saints really played well. I mean, they, they played good football. And I, I thought there was, you know, it seemed like there was better play calling and the players applied themselves and it just, I mean, they were really into the game. And it just goes to show you that we have the talent to do it. And when we don't do it, it seems like it's just mental. It's just a, a mental, emotional thing. So, you know, I, I, I loved it. It was awesome. And the honey badger, yes, he did something. He picked off a Mac Jones, uh, Mac Jones pass for a 27-yard pick six. Third and six. Empty backfield for Mac Jones, but now brings Stevenson to his left and trying to move a few people around. Takes the snap out of the shotgun. Saints bring four, and Carl Granson, the ball's picked off. That's Tyree Matthew, 15, 10. He will walk into the end zone. Pick six for the Saints. That's how you do it. Don't wait on your offense. Let the defense do it. That is the third pick six for Mac Jones, and this is week five. Am I hearing Paul some Grandison makes this play. Tyron Matthew will get the score, but it's the loop. It's the twist stunt. And am I hearing booze in the stands? Mac Jones sucks. Matt, you know, and I'm telling you, I talked about this Friday. Um, I think it was Drew Brees who, when, when Mac Jones uh, came out of Alabama and, and was, was drafted that, that first year, it looked like he was going to be a stellar young quarterback. What has happened to him? I mean, it's got to be in his head. And, it, you know, it, it, I, I'm, I'm assuming these guys all have, like, sports psychiatrists to, 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 to talk them through some of this stuff because a lot gets into your head and it can ruin your, your physical performance. But, you know, it was just uh, awesome seeing that. And then Kamara. Kamara looked really, really good, and he got a touchdown in the second quarter. High formation. Kamara gets it right side, and Alvin Kamara takes it in for his first touchdown of 2023. Right side behind Adam Prentice. And the Saints do exactly what they need to do. Get on top early, two yards. And the Saints kept marching because not long after that, Olave had a touchdown catch. Second and goal. Mike Thomas wide to the right. Carr looks to throw. Pumps now throws to the end zone, and that is caught in the back of the end zone. And Chris Olave gets his first touchdown of 2023. Olave and Kamara, five yards on the reception. Saints nail it in the red zone and goal to go. And now an extra point away from going up 21-zip. 
Well, wait, they weren't finished. Derek Carr connected with Forster, Forster Morrow, Morrow and, and this put the Saints up 30 nothing. Snaps the car, rolls to his right. Pitch pass on the inside to Foster Morrow, who's going to get pushed into the end zone. Foster Morrow. The Jesuit and LSU star slams the ball to the ground as the Saints put the exclamation point here in the fourth quarter. Six-yard touchdown. And obviously, head coach Dennis Allen was really happy with the Saints' performance. This is what I want our team to look like. And now the challenge is, is can you replicate that week in and week out, you know, in a, in, a, in a tough league that we play in? And so I thought we had a great week of practice. I thought our preparation was awesome. I thought our focus was awesome. And, and I think the results showed. Running back Alvin Kamara had um, modest expectations for the game. I mean, I, I hate to sound like so boring about it, but... I just wanted to win. It was good though. I think it, it I'm I'm happy because I mean my teammates were so hype about it and everybody was kinda like, Man, we've been chasing that, been chasing it. So it's just I, I think I'm in a blessed position because I mean my it's almost like my teammates wanted more for me than than I do, you know, but I mean it's definitely a blessing, I think. And Alvin Kamara was talking about the fact that uh, the touchdown that he scored at that point uh, made him the touchdown leader for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Demario Davis knew exactly who he wanted to give credit for the big win. It's the Lord's Day, and oftentimes many of us don't get to go to church on Sunday because we're either here working or um, playing this game or watching this game. So we do have the opportunity to bring church to us. Um, I think after a game like that, it's very easy to praise us, praise our team. Um, but it's the, it's the Lord's Day, and so I'm always conscious to try to deflect that praise, or I want to be conscious to deflect that praise. Uh, but then we go back to our reality, and this game is great. Yeah, and, um, you know, I know there were a couple of times during the game where I was shouting, oh, God, it's awesome. So, yeah, a lot of people were talking to God during the game. Derek Carr said this is the type of game the Saints have wanted all year long. Like I said at the beginning of the year, you know, we want to be able to, going to game it doesn't matter who scores who has the touchdowns who play we just want to play good football and win and uh today was the perfect example of you know what what we've been hoping for right like it doesn't no one's in here thinking about stats and pro bowls and all that we're thinking about how many wins can we rack up and can we win the last game of the year right and so um to see us play the way that we did today from a whole team aspect um makes us feel good for sure all right so right now the bucks in the nfc south the bucks are three and one the Falcons are three and two. You know, I wish they would have gotten beaten, uh, but the Falcons won again. I, I, again, you know, this is a, a, a team that is, is coming to life. The Saints are three and two, and the Panthers are zero and five. So, you know, we're not in a bad position in, in, in our division. And uh, Saints travel to Houston to take on the Texans um, next Sunday. They, they've just got to take that same attitude with them. I mean, that's, if they take that same attitude with them, they're going to win. And why am I, why am I happy that the Jets went into Denver and beat the Broncos? I'm I'm happy because I still think Sean Payton left us. I think things got really tough, and he wanted a bigger market, which I don't I don't blame him for wanting a bigger market, but I think Sean Payton kind of you know left the Saints, and I think it was back in July. At some point, he was talking about Nathaniel Hackett who was the Broncos head coach last season. And Sean Payton was talking about how much he sucked. 
And this really kind of breaks, you know, protocol of the NFL, bashing a, a, another coach. But he bashed this uh, previous Broncos coach, who is now on the coaching staff of the New York Jets. And it seems like the New York Jets really wanted to give Coach Hackett a victory because of what Sean Payton said about him. And so the Jets, they're not the most talented team in the NFL, especially without, without Aaron Rodgers. The Jets went into Denver and beat the Broncos 31-21. to The Broncos, Sean Payton has been kind of a big mouth. They're 1-4. and four. And that's got to be embarrassing. And I, I know how those Denver Bronco fans are. And they can't be real happy. And it goes to show you that, you know, even if you're a great coach, you can't just walk into a situation and wave a magic wand and expect your team to, to win. And a lot of people, a lot of people in sports criticize Sean Payton for what he, what he said about the, the previous Broncos coach, now the coaching staff of the Jets. And I think if, if, uh, if, if I mean, if that is right, if the Jets really did want to give uh, their team an, an emotional win and, and, and beat Sean Payton because of what he said about one of their coaches, then it just once again goes to show you how much emotion, how mental the game of football is. And these are all teams in, in the NFL. And yet one team that might not have as much talent as another team can win if they have the emotion, if they have the if they just believe they can do it. And if they have the emotional edge, they they will win. I I mean, look, I know the Patriots kind of suck this year, but they're still in the NFL and the Saints shutting out an NFL team at home is a big, big accomplishment. You know, I saw some some posts. I, I posted some stuff on my Facebook page. Scoot on the air over the weekend. And, you know, well, yeah, but yeah, yeah, well, the, the Patriots suck. Well, so uh, you want to take some credit away from the Saints? I mean, if you want to do that, you can. But there's still a team in the NFL, and Bill Belichick is still one hell of a coach. I don't know what has happened to Mac Jones. I, I'm, I'm glad he didn't do it sooner. But if, if I were Belichick, I would have pulled Mac Jones a lot sooner than, than, than he did because this guy was just nothing but a walking disaster. And then the, the, the pitch that didn't, um, didn't work out well. So, yeah, I would have pulled him a, a lot sooner. I don't know what happened to him. Uh, obviously a talented person, but something I think has gotten in his head. All right, if you want to join us, it's uh, Matic Monday. If you want to join us with a comment this afternoon, uh, we have a lot to get to. The Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line is 504-260-1870. 504-260-1870. And hey, you got to be happy with LSU. I mean, man, they, they put on a show. Uh, not, much, not much defense. It was a shootout, and a lot of people predicted that. But LSU uh, beat Missouri 49-39 over the weekend. Tulane was off this week. I'm Scoot, and we'll be back on WWL. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's so great when we get to play this song on a Monday for the other team. So we dedicate this to Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, and the New England Patriots. Yeah, it was um, it was bad. I heard a lot of booing in the crowd. Um, 
they're not used to that in New England. I mean, there's been some booing here in, in New Orleans, and we, we're, you know, we're used to a team not always, not always doing well. Hey, I wanted to mention something about Taysom Hill. I, you know, I thought the game plan for him was was better this week. Did you? It, it just, it just seemed like uh, it, it just seemed like there was a little more creativity in general, not the same old stuff. And you know, you can't help but wonder. You can't help but wonder that, you know, when the Saints have a really bad performance, and and fans voice their opinions. You wonder if that collective voice from fans doesn't cause the players and the coaches to think, you know, I don't know, you know, maybe they're right. I mean, maybe we could do a better job. Maybe we should do this and not do that. And, you know, you can't help but, but wonder if it does if it does have an effect because when you, when you consider all that was said about the Saints last week after that embarrassing loss and then the, the turnaround this week, you just can't help but think that, you know, maybe fans – Fans' voices do have some impact on that. But I, I wanted to say something about Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, you know, is running the ball. He refused to go out of bounds. And he, he stayed in bounds, didn't go out of bounds. He stayed in bounds to get extra yardage and, and took extra hits. So, you know, that was really, um, I thought that was really awesome. It's, I, I like to see players do that. Of course, I don't want them to do it to, to the point where they, you know, they get hurt or jeopardize their, you know, their, their season or their, their, their career. But I thought that was... Um, was really uh, cool on his part. And that's not the first time I've seen him do that. If you want to join us with a comment, the Okinawa Jewelers talk and text line is 504-260-187. Let's go to Covington. Doug, you're on WWL. Good afternoon. What's going on, Scott? I actually called last week after we had that embarrassing loss to the Bucks, and I remember voicing frustration. It's just like all of us. And it's like we turned on a damn light switch. I don't know how in the world we could have such a polar turnaround to be that team we knew they could be. The minor nitpick or the penalties kind yeah. of lot, oh, Yes, that's right. Of that, it's a game. Well, um, Doug, doesn't but, this, I mean, doesn't this give you the sense that it's, a, a lot of it is emotion. A lot of it is, is just mental preparedness for the, for the game. And it's like they just, it's almost like they weren't prepared for the Bucks game. And, and mentally they weren't prepared for it. Or they thought they, they, they had it. Or wh- whatever the reason, they just didn't seem to be in it. Man, they were in it yesterday and they weren't even at home. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I feel like in a lot of ways, maybe in the back of their mind, with Mayor coming back last week, they're like, oh yeah, you know, we're going to dominate him with Kamara back and we did next to nothing with him last week and this week he was on fire running like a man possessed I, I know too. Um, but one more thing with uh, John Payton man I don't remember him talking like that whenever he was a Saints coach and let me tell you man hubris hubris will get you yep. and that's indeed what happens and even last night with Channel 6 even they were poking fun at him as rightfully as they should yeah, yeah. You know, I, I agree. I, it's kind of a shame that uh, Sean Payton uh, started kind of acting like that. But, you know, I, I guess he um, – in fact, I think I, – I forgot who it was, but uh, one of the uh, sports commentators said, uh, man, Sean Payton is uh, doing such a bad job, he may be joining us again, meaning being back on television. And he said, we love you. Come on back. 
<laughs> All right, Doug. I don't know. I mean, after his comments. Yeah, I, I think know. he's. I, I think he's going to stay in coaching. But I just. I, I felt like that whole idea of uh, I don't want to coach anymore. I, that was just bogus, and he was going to coach. He just wanted to get away from from the Saints, and you know he shouldn't have said what he said about uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Doug, I'm glad you called. Hope you had a uh, great weekend. If you want to join us, the Oakland Art Jewelers Talk and Text Line is five zero four two six zero one eight seventy. We're uh, sounding off about the Saints on this uh, Monday after a big win. Um, 34 nothing. I mean, they couldn't even kick a field goal. I mean, totally. I'm so glad the defense was able to just shut them out just so they have that confidence-building moment. And it was great to see the Honey Badger do something. And a pick six was, was awesome. All right, Ian Hoke has got some of your text messages. Here's a text that says, Hey, can we start calling Mac Jones and Dak Prescott Snack Jones and Snack Prescott because they're serving up good snacks to the defense. If you all didn't see the game last night, Snack Prescott threw interceptions on three consecutive possessions in the second half. You know, I, I like him. He's very talented. I, I, I mean, what I know of the guy, I, I, I like the guy, but I hate the Cowboys. And it's so really, it's so good to see the Cowboys lose. And I love, I mean, the 49ers are just killing it. Five and zero. The Eagles are five and zero, and I loved watching. Um, I, I love watching the Cowboys uh, get beaten. But you know, the one thing that, this occurred to me last night, watching the game. I don't like Jerry Jones. I don't like anything about him. But then I thought, wait a minute. There's one thing I do like about him. He gets really pissed after a loss, and he holds the team accountable to greatness, and he expects the team to be great. And they and they know it. And they know they're going to hear from him. They're going to hear a lot from him uh, following that, that, that loss. And that's one thing that I, I realize, okay, I like that part of uh, Jerry Jones where he, he demands perfection. He demands, no, he's perfect, but he demands excellence. He demands the team to live up to its, its potential. And, boy, they sure didn't do that last night against the 49ers. Uh, here's a text that says, Foster Morrow was taking chemo this past summer, and now look at him. Isn't that amazing? What an amazing story. Love to see it. And, it, you know, it, it, it just goes to show you that, you know, you hear stories about, um, you know, people who get cancer and uh, kids who get cancer and, and you hear about uh, chemo and you hear about the treatments. And, man, some people just really do bounce back and, and, and they beat it. And there's just so much great technology. I, I was part of a, a charity event. It was uh, really a great talent on the stage. But it's a Who's Got Talent uh, sponsored by uh, Kelly Kicking Cancer. It's an organization um, started because this woman's daughter, Kelly, at a very um, early age in her life, got cancer and, and passed away. And they didn't want her death to just to end there. They wanted to continue by, by raising money. And it's, it's everybody who was there. I mean, this was a gala at the, uh, the Covington Country Club. And the, the Top Cats played. And it was really an, an amazing event. And it's always great to be there. Billy Nungesser, lieutenant governor, was sitting next to me. During one of the acts, um, based on the, 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 the costume and some of the stuff, the, the, the act on stage, I leaned over to Billy and I said, now, Billy, don't you be having any impure thoughts now? And um, he laughed. Vince Vance was there. Uh, Bernie Cyrus was there. And it, it was just, it was, a, it was a great night. I love meeting everybody. And, and it's the third year I've, I've done that. But I guess I'm just saying that, you know, the, the money that is raised for, for cancer is, is it's, it's working. It's, it's, it's doing a lot of good. And a lot of people who have cancer are not sentenced to 
um, to death. A, a lot of people come back and Forster Morrow is an example of that. Here's a text from Soothsayer Sam, who's living up to his name today. Sam texted us on September 28th and said, not to worry, a tropical rain event will occur in the Gulf of Mexico in early October that will travel up the Mississippi River, producing those much-needed rains throughout the Mississippi and Ohio River valleys. Keep our fingers crossed about the rain. Nailed it, Sam. Yeah. Strange. Wow. Uh, Carl is here today. Carl's upset. Carl says, way to go, not mentioning Hamas and the Palestinians' invasion of Israel. Long live Israel and down with the terrorists. Yeah, okay. It's, um, what time is it? It's 3.48. I'm sorry, it's 3.38. It's 3.38 in the afternoon. What's well, 1.38. I'm sorry. It's 1.38. The show's far from over. What makes you think we're not going to mention that? Nice job being um, prematurely critical of the show. Uh, here's another critical text that says the Saints coaches and players don't give a damn about what you or the fans think, nor should they. Fans don't matter. You think the fans don't matter? You think the players don't the players care don't what care? the fans think about their game and their performance? They, they, I mean, sometimes you get the impression they don't care, but ultimately they, they, they care. And I, 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 you know, I can't help but think that, that the collective voice of the fans does make a difference. And, and if, if it doesn't make any difference at all, then what was, what was the reason for the change? What was the reason for the miraculous change from last week to this week? I'm not saying it was only the fans, but I can't help but think that the collective voice of the fans and the collective disappointment over that embarrassing loss to the Bucks had something to do with the way the Saints played yesterday. All right, if you want to join us with a comment, the Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line is 504-260-1870. Today is a really sad day on the Scoot on the Air Rock Culture calendar. Sometimes birthdays are sad days because it's somebody's birthday who's no longer with us. John Lennon would have been 83 years old today. And I just think there's such great irony in the the reality that the Nixon administration, the government, was trying to deport John Lennon because they didn't like his position on the Vietnam War. He was against it. They thought he was a national security threat. They wanted to deport John Lennon. And he fought to stay. And he got to stay. And he got murdered. And you wonder if he would have been deported, would he still be alive today? John Lennon would have been 83 years old today. I'm Scoot, and we'll be back on WWL. I wasn't there. I, I received a number of text messages uh, Saturday night. Are you here? Are you here at Depeche Mode? Man, I saw some pictures and, and some videos, and that looked like it was one hell of a concert. I mean, it's great to see a band like Depeche Mode come back and just, it's, it's almost like they're just relevant again. It's almost like they're as popular now as they were then, in some ways maybe even more because more generations have uh, picked up on their music. But, you know, I couldn't make it. I had the commitment to uh, be the, uh, on the judging panel for this um, Kelly Kicking Cancer event, which I, I love being part of. And I had to miss uh, Depeche Mode because this um, was on my calendar. And to me, in a sense, it was, um, it was more important, so could not uh, be at Depeche Mode, but I'm sure it was, uh, it, it was awesome. If you were there, I know you, uh, I know you enjoyed it. I also went to uh, Gretna Fest uh, yesterday afternoon, and just had a busy weekend, but uh, Gretna Fest was fun. The, the food was good. Uh, just a massive, massive crowd out there, so we'll talk uh, more about that. Let's go to uh, Metairie, and Johnny, you're on WWL. Good afternoon. Hey, Scoot. Hey, Johnny. 
I just want to say, I'm glad the Saints won and all yesterday, but the Patriots are actually a worse team than we are. But it is a stepping stone. I just want to hope we keep it up again. Well, I know, and we can't, you know, the Saints can't, like, uh, lay back and uh, develop, like, this thought, like, okay, well, you know, we're great now, and we got to, you know, we got this next one. No, they've got to put everything into every every game, and uh, I, I agree with you. Yes, the Patriots suck. They're still in the NFL, and Bill Belichick is still a, a good coach. And to shut out the Patriots, even a bad team at home, that's still a very big accomplishment for our defense. Yes, I do agree, and the O-line did look a little bit better. Are you kind of glad the Jets went in and beat the Broncos in Denver? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I am. Me too. All right, Johnny, I appreciate the call. Yeah, look, I don't want anybody to think like, uh, you know, I, I think the Saints won the Super Bowl. I mean, I don't even think it's, you know, you can't even talk about the playoffs at this point. Uh, the Saints had a really good game yesterday against a really bad team, but it was a team in the NFL, and, and the, the Saints did good. I mean, that was a really good performance, and a lot was clicking. And everything that went wrong last week was happening this week. It seemed like the players were concentrating more. It's just the impression that you you know you get watching the game. Um, it just seemed like everybody was 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 in sync. And and I know that no matter how hard you try, sometimes in life you're just not in sync. And I know some days you know you do your job, and you know some days you just feel better than you do on on other days. But championship teams put that that kind of um, effort into every game, and they just focus on every single game. In the case of the NFL, every every week, and and you can't help but think sometimes that maybe the Saints don't have that same intensity. I mean, how do you, look? Last week it was an embarrassing loss to the Bucks. So this week they they turned it around. I give them a lot of uh, a lot of credit for that. All right. Um, there's an Ohio social worker. She's, she's 24 years old. You got to take a picture of this, this woman. Peyton Shires, 24. She is smoking. She allegedly had sexual relations with a, a 13-year-old boy in, in Columbus, Ohio. So it's not just men taking advantage of, of women. I don't know how much resistance this 13-year-old kid put up, but uh, she was 24. He was uh, 13. And she was a social worker designed to counsel him. Well, I guess she counseled him okay. The records show that um, without incident, um, after admitting the, the relationship, uh, during a three-way call with Shires, the boy's mother, and, and, and the police, uh, she, was, she was arrested. Ian, take a look at... Um, huh? Take a look at Peyton Shires. What's her name? Peyton Shires? Peyton, P-A-Y-T-O-N, Peyton Shires. Take a look at her. Mm, yeah, that kind of, yeah, they kind of all look like this. Yeah, well, she looks better than some of them. That's true, some of them. You know, she's, she was hot. Now, you know, I, I, I kind of go back to um, my own story concerning this. Uh, I was, I think, 12, 13 years old, and um, I was on a, it was during the summer, I was on a business trip with my dad in, in Oklahoma, and I've told this story before. Mm-hmm. Um my dad, I didn't know this at the time, but my dad set me up with a hooker, with a prostitute, because he, she was going to babysit me in the room. I'm like 13 years old, 12, 13. And she was going to, you know, babysit me in the room. And I, I remember she was really attractive. Uh, she had a black dress on and and she started to try to, like, kiss me and touch me. And I, I, I was scared. Yeah. 
and I ran in the bathroom and locked myself in, in the bathroom. Looking back on it, I was foolish, but that's what I did. I mean, that was my reaction. I was, I was scared. I don't think you don't have to apologize for that. I would have done the same thing, I'm sure. I was not. Yeah. I mean, I, I was like a horny teenager, but I wouldn't have known what to do if my babysitter started coming on to me alone in a hotel room. I would have freaked out. I know. Well, I did. And, you know, and, and I, I remember when my dad came home, I, I could overhear part of the conversation. And at one point she said, I tried, but he locked himself in the bathroom. And it did not occur to me until years later that my dad had had had, had set me up. So I can, you know, I mean, I, I can understand what it would be like for somebody like this at the age of 13 to have this happen to him. He just took a different course of action than I did because, yeah, I was really kind of um, kind of scared. And, you know, I was this OCD kid and, you know, I didn't know what the hell to do. Looking back on it, I think I missed an opportunity. But anyway, eh. Should have cut a water. All right. Um, <laughs> last night, which <laughs> that's not a trophy in your pants. Yikes. All right. So listen, um, last night, uh, yesterday afternoon, went to, after the Saints game, went to, uh, to Gretna Fest. And everybody at Gretna Fest and the police and the organizers, they just, just did a phenomenal job again this year. Amanda Shaw was there and uh, Chapel Hill was there. I, I did miss uh, Amanda, but I know she was uh, performing. And the Temptations, you know, the Temptations have lost a few key members over the years who have, have passed away. But these guys sounded awesome. And the harmonies were just phenomenal. You know, it's, it's not that easy to put that kind of harmony together. And, man, these guys, these guys did it. And, I mean, it, there was one hit after another. And they were just such a classy act. And it was great to see just so many people at Gretna Fest for the Temptations. I mean, they were all dancing in sync and everything and had the coolest outfits and, yeah, amazing. And this is one of the songs that they played. I'm Scoot. We'll be back on WWL. Another sad day on the Scoot on the Air Rock Culture calendar. It was um, this day that uh, John Entwistle, uh, the bass player for The Who, was born. Uh, he would have been 79 years old today had he not overdosed on cocaine, I think, at the Hard Rock Hotel in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, he was like an, an older guy. I mean, look, man, you got to give that stuff up. If you, if you did it when you were younger, you got to give it up. And I'm not suggesting that you even do it now because there's fentanyl out there. You know, it's sad that young generations just don't have access to the pure cocaine we did back in, in the 80s. So anyway, don't, don't do that stuff. Don't even do it if you're young. I'm Scoot. A lot more still to come on WWL. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 